So delighted you're here today. We're beginning a new series, and this series is Faith Comes by Hearing and Hearing by the Word of God. <laughs> um, you've heard this saying, I'm going to give it to you again. If you haven't written it down, I would encourage you to do so. You do understand that the three R's of learning are repetition, repetition, repetition. And so I'm repeating myself. If you have just the Word of God, you have the potential of drying up. If you have only the Spirit of God, you have the potential of blowing up. But when you have the Word and the Spirit in proper proportion, that's when you grow up. And that's what this is about. It's us taking some time to look at the Word of God and determine prayerfully as we go through these verses how the Spirit of God will take that word and put it into our lives because we are to be those who are living this out. Let me ask this question. If we're not the ones who are doing it, who is? If we're not the ones who are living out the word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit, then who is? Who are we to expect that someone else is supposed to do that? No, it's us. And see, it's not just us as we're gathered here today for an hour, hour and a half, where the time may be, but it's us as we live our life with our families, as we work, as we go to school, as we do business in the community, in our neighborhood, wherever we are. It's the reality of Christ in us that makes the difference. If that difference isn't being made, then we need to know why. And I'll point that out more pungently in just a moment. Faith comes by hearing. Sheila read me a story the other night. Guys, do your wives read you stories at night? It's not a bad thing. She wasn't trying to put me to sleep. She was just... Ran across something that was so precious and it was so fitting... A young man by the name of Jacob Smith. At the age of 12, Jacob stood atop an 11,000 foot mountain in Big Sky, Montana. He was about to free ride a triple back diamond rated slope. You, like me, may not know what that was. <laughs> Here's what it is free riding. Is when a skier tackles a mountain without following a defined path or run. Just a person guiding through the trees, the rocks, and the ridges. So here's a 12-year-old boy getting ready to go down a professionally rated ski slope with no trail. That's pretty impressive. What do you think? You can nod your head or something. It's okay. You know, it's just... But here he is, atop the mountain, ready to launch down the ski slope. What makes this even more impressive is that Jacob Smith, this 12-year-old boy, is legally blind. His vision is 2800. And there he goes. Successfully treat, successively making the run in this freestyle skiing event. If that wasn't enough, he goes on at age 15 
and is applying to and trying to become a professional skier. So the question, listen up. The question is, how does he do that? How does a 12-year-old blind boy ski down a slope when he can't see what's ahead of him? His secret? Get this. Got to get this. His secret is his father, Nathan. His father, Nathan, has a two-way communication with him as he goes down the slope. And as his father, Nathan, speaks to his son over the radio, he describes the terrain in front of him, and Jacob visualizes the terrain in his mind and skis blindly down the slope. When his father, listen carefully, when his father tells his son to make a turn or to move into a new direction, listen up, Jacob obeys immediately. Did you get that? When his father speaks to him and tells him to make a change, a turn, or whatever is required for that particular terrain, he obeys him immediately. Now, let me give application for that because of us living today. We have a Father, Heavenly Father, who is speaking to us. He's already spoken to us. And sometimes, tragically, the reason we do not hear our Father's voice is because He is speaking to us in His language, the Word of God, His Word to us, and we're not familiar with it. And so we miss it. And yet, we go through life, many of us, as professing believers, making major decisions in life. Who to marry? Well, first of all, just so you know, unless the girl you're dating is Mary, it's probably not in there anyway, or maybe Ruth or Naomi, I don't know, but you're not likely going to find their name in the word. It could be Joseph or Jacob, but you see what I'm saying? But we make those decisions without even consulting God or paying attention to what God is saying to us from his word. Change jobs. We make all sorts of major changes in our lives without even consulting God in prayer or by his word. How tragic that is. I've asked permission to share this. March the 26th, I was at home Sunday afternoon. I get a call from Carol McWaters. She is very upset, extremely upset. Her grandson was at her house visiting, and he died, resting in her bed. I made hundreds of those visits, sadly. I arrive at her house. I have to park down the road. I'm walking across the front yard, headed toward the house. Chris Eifert is one of the EMTs working the scene. 
He says, see, they're not in the house. They're around the side under the carport. I make my way around. As I'm walking up to the family, Gene Gaston, who is a pastor who is married into that family, is sitting there. I speak to him. I have no idea what Gene has done before I got there. I walk over to Carol and David. And something happened because you have to understand, I have hundreds of times walked up to those front doors and in those homes. And God, Holy Spirit, God, with his grace, has given me the words to say for that family at that moment. And as I walk up, there's nothing. And so all I could say to Carol and David was, I love you. I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. I'll pray with you. And we did. The scene is being processed by law enforcement and the coroner. And many of you may or may not know that Bobby Bass is a coroner here in the county. And Bobby's working this case. And he comes out to the carport with his notebook and says to them, I need to finish my report. I need some information. They give the information. He finishes it. He closes his notebook. And then the Holy Spirit of God showed up in Bobby's life. Not that he wasn't, but at that moment, Bobby Bass began to minister to this family. And I was like, whoa. Because you see, Bobby's lost his son. And he said, on my way here, here's what I said. Here's another father that's lost a son. He, wasn't, he was coming to do his job as a coroner, but he ended up doing that and more through the Holy Spirit. As he was walking away, I went to him. And I said, I just want to tell you, what you just did was absolutely God. It was perfect. He walks on the way. Gene Gasson, the other pastor, comes over. And as I said, we had not had conversation. And he walks up and he says, Steve, when I got here, I had nothing to say. When you got here, you had nothing to say. When he got here, God had something to say. Now, my point is this. We better listen. I've got 50 years of experience. I could walk up and say, oh, here's a verse for you. Take this. No, it wasn't God in me at that moment to say anything. Just be there. Love and comfort. But God had somebody else that he wanted to share the truth that was needed for that family and minister in a way that I could not do. That's us living in relationship with the Holy Spirit and allowing God to be our God and use us to serve in the way that he chooses when he chooses and sometimes <laughs> I know this is going to be hard to believe but sometimes he just says shut up King David has been one of my favorite characters along with many other in the Bible but one of the things I've always appreciated about King David he never went into a battle without consulting God he was a seasoned warrior he had won many victories But he will always consult God. How do I do this battle, God? 
And that's what I'm encouraging us as children of God living in our time in history, which is an important time, a crucial time in history, where we actually take the time to spend the time with God. So when those events take place, they are and they will. And we're obedient children as Jacob listened to his father, Nathan, you and I listen to our father, God. And do the things that he has for us to do. This world's desperate, people. And guess what? We're the ones that God's called to do it. So in Romans 10 is where the verse is found about faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. I want you to listen to Paul prepping the Roman Christians to get ready for that key verse that I pointed out. Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is for their salvation. Who's he talking about? His fellow countrymen, the Israelites. You were given a track last week. Where is it? I'm sorry. The track you were given last week to hand to somebody who was the gospel of Jesus Christ. Where is it? Still in your car? Still in your Bible? Preferably not in a trash can. My heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is that their salvation, for I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, They're not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. Same apostle says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12 is, they compare themselves with themselves to see how themselves are doing. (laughs) Now we compare ourselves with his word, with the Holy Spirit showing us what's there so we can know where we really are. The other assignment you had was to do some self-examination. And by the way, and I know everybody in here is not married, but if you are married, the best person to help you with that is your mate. When I said that last week, and I'm saying it again this week, that is not for you to take the moment to be the most critical person in your spouse's life. It is a, I pray, a time for you and your spouse, if you're married, to take the time before God and say, God, what is it? Where are we? How is our marriage? First of all, how is our relationship with you? And be honest and have integrity. It's amazing to me how many married couples never have those discussions. I don't understand that. Well, I guess I do understand it. Sometimes we don't want to hear the reality of it, do we? Sometimes we're unwilling to let God have his place in our lives. And so if we don't have those discussions, maybe we can just kind of ignore it. I'm asking you before God, if that's your situation, please stop ignoring it and please be honest. Not critical, not condemning, not judgmental, but in love. It says in Ephesians, we do the truth in love. 
And when we do it His way, it makes the difference. The problem with they were subjecting themselves to their righteousness and not to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on the law shall live by that righteousness. In other words, there's no life in it. It's not all that God intended to be. Is it his word? Yes, it can be his word. But only when the Holy Spirit makes it alive in us does it make the difference and bring the transformation that God wants. But the righteousness based on faith, that's what we're talking about now, speaks as follows. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend to heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. Don't be doing these mental gymnastics he's saying of trying to rationalize for yourself how you ought to do it so you can look good just be honest before God but what does it say the word is near you the word is near you it's in your mouth it's in your heart is it if you're a child of God yes it is the word of faith which we are preaching that you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you shall be saved and I've said this last week I've said it many times again I know I'm being repetitious but you cannot you cannot you cannot convince me even though you don't have to that's not the point that you know the God of salvation who has given grace in your life and not demonstrate that life of grace as you live your daily experience. It's just not real. God's raised him from the dead. He lives in me. Not for what I did, because what he did. All I did was receive from him a gift. And what a gift. For from the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness when the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation. For the scripture says whoever believes in him will not be what? Are you here today disappointed? Please don't be if you're in Christ. Now if you're here and you don't know Jesus yeah, you need to be. I would pray to God you'll be disappointed. But those of us who are in Christ, we're living a life that honors and glorifies him in such a way because of the work of the Holy Spirit and because of the application of his word. That it makes all the difference in how we live and who we are. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek. See, this is not God pulling favorites now for the Jews. He's saying, oh no, we're in it too. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him, for whoever will call on the name of the Lord. What? Are you saved? Have you called on his name? Okay, let me rephrase that. Are you saved? Have you called on his name? Now why am I, thank you. (laughs) And why am I asking that? Because he says, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. That is not exactly how I want Jesus to view me. 
He says, if you're not willing to confess me, how many times, let's give illustrations. How many times have you been in a situation and somebody told an off-color joke and it just pierced your heart because you knew it was wrong and yet you just went along with it because you didn't want to create a disturbance? Or how about gossip? I'm, I know nobody in here would do that. Thank you, Jesus. But somebody's got some juicy gossip. You know, we, we don't gossip. We're evangelicals. We don't gossip. We just share prayer requests. <laughs> Our lives in Christ are different. If they're not different, they're not in Christ. And what is our testimony, our witness? And this is an old one, and sometimes I know I apologize for using old stories. Not too bad, but some of your news, you haven't heard it. Went to the bank, drive through, cashed the check, got the money back, pulled off. I'm missing $20. I go back around, hit the little button. Explaining to the teller, she has shorted me $20. She said, Mr. Bishop, I didn't short you $20. I'm holding up my money. $20 short. She says, okay. Now, see, this is where you have integrity. She sends me another $20. I get that $20. I pull up to the stop sign. I hit the brake. And a $20 bill slides out under the seat. I got news for me. My truck was not growing $20 bills. (laughs) Back around. Please forgive me. I'm so sorry. Here's your $20 back. And what she said was, I knew you would not lie. That's God in my life. Because you need to understand, before Jesus, I was pretty accomplished at that stuff. I learned that with my parents, if I could tell a good enough lie, I could get out of a beating. So I worked hard at it. God's changed that, made me a new person, a new creature. And to him, I'm eternally grateful that he has. So when the word comes in our lives, how does it come? Look what it says. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in whom whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher How will they preach unless they are sent? By the way, that doesn't, it's not just saying to those who are called of God to preach. But it's really referring to all of us who are called of God in life. As we walk this out.
How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. However, they did not all heed the good news for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed or repented? So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's practice. It's diligence. And I would love to tell you that I get it right all the time. But I don't. Here, this church, if you've ever been to one of our newcomers luncheons, or now we call them connect luncheons, we try to explain who God has made us. We don't compare ourselves with others we used to do that we quit doing that because we just said this is what god is doing we're just doing our best to follow him and and we get it right and sometimes we get it wrong we've just made an adjustment with our child care do we have it all right is this good idea a god idea we'll have to play it out and pray continue to pray and see that it is adjusting with our child care where the kids will be during the worship time. We've done this for decades now. Wanting to be in tune with God in all that we day, all that we do and all that we say. So all this is God working and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. King James says the word of God. But the Greek actually says the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing. Are our ears tuned? Some of us, our lives are so noisy, we couldn't hear him if we tried. Next month, we will pass a significant anniversary. We'll be 20 years in this building. The years leading up to that, as God was blessing our church over on Saluda Street, we were growing and we would fill it up and it would drop off and fill it up and it would drop off. And we, we, we were praying, we were asking God for help, for direction. We actually had a consultant come in and go through all the things that we needed that we didn't have the capacity to look at at that time. And he got done, and we paid you for that. Uh, he got done and said... It's real simple, fellas. You've outgrown your house. You need a new house. Well, for those of you who were around back then, there wasn't a whole lot of money. And yet God was saying, and we followed through with prayer, this is what God wanted to do. It's a much longer story. I'm going to condense it. We came down to, okay, we need a new house. We got a new house. We can build it where we are. Well, guess what? Building and zoning has some things to say about that. And so we couldn't, or we weren't going to because of the cost. So when we started looking for land, came out here. There were 70 acres of land for sale. We went to the owner. We said, we just need about 10 or 12 acres. He goes, either buy it all or don't buy any. Then we started going to the other landowners. And all of them told us, no, not selling you land, you're Baptist. That's the truth. 
So we're praying and God began to reveal things and we came back to the owner of this property and he made us an amazing offer to buy it and we did. And we just kind of made the payments on the land for a while trying to still determine what is God wanting us to do? How is this supposed to work? And then we started looking at the numbers. We looked at the size of the building we needed for the growth that we were expecting. And guess what? Nobody would loan us that kind of money. We were too small a congregation. So God gave us a plan. Build it yourself. And we did. And here we are. And it saved $1 million in construction cost. And other than some little scrapes and bruises and a few screws to a few people's fingers, we didn't have injuries. This is all the congregation working. We had volunteers come in from other states and our state and help us build this building. And like I say, next month is 20 years in this building. We were just hearing from God, following God, believing God. And it worked. And then paying off that $1.2 million that we did borrow. And that happened in October 2020, right in the middle of pandemic. I can't tell you how much fun it was to get up that Sunday before that and say, please stop giving. We can't take any more money for the building. Don't stop giving. (laughs) I had to be very clear about that. But we can't receive money designated for a building that's paid for. That's not in accordance with the IRS code. Paid off. And all that was us as a congregation hearing God. We're still doing our dead level best to hear God. And that's the reason I said to you, not every good idea is a God idea. That's one thing we've learned because in those connect lunches and uh, that we do and we're getting ready to schedule another one for those who may have come in recently. We could go hours telling you all the things we have messed up on. I mean, not, not our heart, but it, we just trying to do some things and sometimes we get it wrong. But God always gave us the grace as we'd make mistakes when Kevin Taylor was our church administrator and he and I would meet with some of the mistakes that we made and Kevin would say, well, this one's not fatal anyway. We're still alive. We're still going and we still will. It's our God when we take the time to get into the word of God so that the word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit gets in us. So if you have not memorized... So you can meditate on Psalms 1. Let me read it for you. And let me encourage you as an assignment. To take some time this week. And get this into your heart and your mind. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Nor stand in the path of sinners. Nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But he delights in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. If your world is so noisy, you can't hear God, you're in trouble. 
figure out a way with the help of the Holy Spirit to cut down some of the noise. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields his fruit in a season and his leaf shall not wither. And whatever he does will prosper. The wicked, not so much. They're like the chaff. The wind blows them away. And the wicked will not stand in the judgment for sinners are nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. It's God's word. Is God's word in your heart? Is in your life? Jacob going down the mountain, listening to his father's voice. You and I going through life, listening to our father's voice. Helping your children at very young ages understand how to read this and get from it what God has to say in their lives. Without it, without it, you can do life. And you can, I would guess, have a whole lot of fun. But at the end of it, what is it going to be? God told the Israelites, today choose blessing or curse. Guess what? That offer is still being offered by God all the time. We get to choose blessing or curse. Let's pray. Would you stand with me, please? Holy God, your word we celebrate, we rejoice in, and we praise you for. And Holy Spirit, you've inspired the word to be written. Now, thank you for inspiring that word in our hearts. So that we're not making major decisions or any decisions without consulting you. That we're listening as Jacob did with his father, Nathan, going down the mountain. We too are listening to our father as we go through the mountains and the valleys of life. Holy Father, help us to eliminate all the noise that's not beneficial or helpful. But let us be the people who hear you, who obey you, and who demonstrate to others how that life is. And we also praise you, God, that we're the ones that can speak your word to others so they can have and hear and know the God that we have through you, Lord Christ. Amen.